Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordell. On today's episode, how to change your false beliefs, and this is a super important topic. And with me to help me tackle it is Noelle Cordell. Yes, and it sounds like we're both a little sleepy today. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should use I statements. That's a little rude. It sounds like I think you're a little sleepy today. Oh, shit. (laughs) I told Noelle that her last name reminds me of Fancy Mustard. (laughs) It's payback. Noelle is Grey Poupon, and I am Oscars. I mean, John. There are so many other condiments. Like you, you could, you don't have to be mustard too. I know, but are there fancy condiments? Like when you think of fancy condiments, what what do you think of? Whole Foods ketchup. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, organic. Your organic Whole Foods ketchup, Noel. Uh, oh my. So before we jump into this, um, tell us where you're at, what you're doing. Uh, Noel is traveling, and um, uh, I, I love kind of pulling the curtain back and and and, and uh, documenting our uh, journey, you know, our startup journey, our coaching journey, our teaching journey, all that stuff too. Our existence. Yeah. So this week is bananas, like bananas. I woke up in San Francisco on Monday and I saw, um, I had a really great meeting in the morning um, talking about how to build experiential kind of eco-therapy trips and Mm -hmm. learned all about that because that's the direction that shift is moving in is getting people outside with coaches to do life together and then i met two of our awesome catalysts Mm -hmm. down by the beach and we just talked about life and you know direction of the company and then i had dinner with um taylor our co-founder and one of the instructors of our life coaching intensive and now today i'm talking to you and then i'm flying to utah because we're going to, um, uh, Corey is our chief scientist and we're building out this beautiful curriculum all about how to use and employ meaning in your life. Um, and then I leave for New York. <laughs> wow. And then, and then you're coming to LA. And then I'm coming to LA. Holy shit. So, so let me ask you something, you know, Noel used to work, um, on campus at a university in an office and she went from that to now, just like hopping everywhere and uh, going to going to you know VC meetings and boardroom meetings and creative meetings and working with the team and flying around. How how is that for you? Is it too much or is it? Are you leaning into it? What what are the pros and cons of that? Because I think someone listening to this um, from the outside that sounds amazing and exciting, especially if someone is you know punching the clock. You're punching the sky, and it just sounds you know amazing. Yeah, it has its moments. Um... I, when I started this journey, I did so with, you know, pure love, just pure love, knowing that like I was taking on a leadership role, not for myself, but for all of the coaches that we trained to build this thing and for all of the members of our tribe so that we have this home and it's fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Um, the stress levels that it took for me to get to a level of comfort with myself being able to walk into boardrooms. I mean, it's no joke. Like it's not fun. And I struggle a lot with both exhaustion and then spending so much time by myself with my own thoughts. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, absolutely. So I'm, I, I woke up in a beautiful little hotel room and I'm emphasizing a little hotel room. Um, and you know, it was like, all right, hi me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now what, you know, make some coffee and get this show going. So, um, you know, it, don't believe the hype. And I think wherever you're sitting in life, it's so easy to look at somebody else and be like, oh, wow, I wish I had that. But, you know, there there are definitely moments that I wouldn't wish on anyone. So it's, um, you know, grass greener type deal, I guess. Yeah, and I think, you know, I have friends, I have a lot of people who um, wish they had my life and they're like, um, you know, you, you produce content all day, you're running around, you, you, you do stuff. And uh, it's... It's lonely. I mean, it's like, it's you know, I, I stare at my computer or I'm in my thoughts because I have to be in my thoughts to, to, to create um, articles and stuff. It's just uh, it's working from home can be amazing. And I, I mean, I wouldn't want it any other way, but it could also be really lonely. I agree with you. It gets really isolating and it's isolating too, being a public person. Yeah, because, you know, I experienced it a little bit. Um, the other day when, when I met our coaches and, and one of our coaches said to me, she was just like, God, Noel, like, I'm so glad you are who you are. Like I showed up in like a trucker hat and sunglasses and she mm -hmm. was like, how are you? You know, and didn't know what to expect from me. And I was like, I'm a little hungover. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so she was like, Oh, thank God you're a normal human. <laughs> I remember reading something um, about a celebrity who basically never leaves uh, her house. And I was like, why you're a celebrity? And, and you go outside you get praise and autographs and, all. and i i get it i get why you, you know you just you you end up uh creating your own prison <laughs> in a sense in a sense yeah absolutely yeah anyway that's, that's a really good lead into our topic today because i was actually thinking about that this morning like i woke up and like i'll be honest like i had a couple of tears this morning just because i was mm. tired and alone yeah. like you know, feeling my shit. And then I had the conversation with myself about how I get to choose how I experience my current existence. And so in order to break myself out of a negative pattern and thinking spiral where I was kind of woe is meing myself, I started noticing the colors mm -hmm. and the texture and wondering how many different lives this weird little hotel room has seen and kind of connecting with all of humanity in the gee what a long strange trip it's been um and and it really it helps it helps to know that you can choose how you want to experience each moment yeah and it takes a lot of work it's not just uh you know making a decision um it, you have to get used to it it's like a muscle you know you have to be really uh, good at doing that yeah, it's like Jedi shit. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about false beliefs? What do you think about our, our belief systems? What do you think about how that impacts our lives and how important that is? You know, I, I, it's it's vital because it, it's it's a vital piece to understand because we could go through life day after day simply accepting that the way we feel, the thoughts that we have, the way very specifically that shame is induced yeah. is just reality and that this is the hand that we have been dealt. But actually what we are is this very complex jumble um, of culture, family of origin, socioeconomic status, spiritual belief, 
uh, romantic belief, self-belief, mm -hmm. gender, perception, all rode into this one ball. And, and we are an evolution of all of these different parts. And, you know, they all tell a story. And so the way we feel at any given time isn't necessarily reality. It's an outcome of the way we've been socialized to, to believe and see the world around us. And sometimes the, the big shocker is, number one, that you have the opportunity to unravel all of this stuff. And then from a secondary perspective, when you pull the curtain back and you really start to untangle it and choose what you want to think, feel, believe, and experience, it can feel really unsettling and scary. Yeah. And the world's going a little macro, which is great. Uh, for me, false beliefs, I always kind of go inward, go micro, and it's um, I kind of focus on the beliefs about yourself. And I think that a lot of those beliefs are, you know, they're ingrained from our, our past and how we were raised, experiences we had, you know, high school, whatever. And um, they kind of live on our subconscious, and we're not even aware that we believe that until uh, we come across something in life that, that shows us that, you know, maybe being in, for example, being in, in this uh, relationship where I end up negotiating everything, maybe that's, that's because I believe that I am not valuable, or I believe that I'm not lovable, or I believe that I'm not pretty enough, strong enough, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, tell me more about that. So is that a personal example or is that just something you want to dissect as an example? Noelle, always flipping the shit around and pointing the gun at me. We can point the gun <laughs> at you. No, I love it. It's my it's my morning therapy. Um, yeah, I so my, my uh, no, those aren't my personal examples, um, but I do have false beliefs. Like, you know, the, the false belief that I always talk about with myself is um, being the almost guy, uh, just uh, – it, it, through life, I just had a lot of experiences where I've come really close to just big life-changing things, whether it's, you know, um, you know, uh, getting a, a movie greenlit at HBO or like um, I, I had this restaurant bar club that had almost turned into a, a chain of a casino in, in Las Vegas. We were looking at these uh, these rundown casinos that were selling for like $80 million and we had – it was crazy. Um, so a lot of stuff that, that came close – um, I had an internet business, but it was too early at the time, and and that didn't work out. And so, um, I had the, so because of those experiences, I formed this belief in my head that I that I'm I'm the almost guy that I could drive the ball to the you know, 90th yard line, and but not not through the to the end zone. Um, and so because of that false belief, I um, I I pull the trigger on a lot of things. But I think uh, when you know when things become close, sometimes I can self sabotage. Oh, I know. And, and there have been many times where I've almost like physically attempted to kick your ass because yeah, of it. Which is um, great. <laughs> like, so like, you know, do I, do I have your permission to like get into it a little bit and start yeah, busting it? Of course. Um, so, you know, like, like with that, like, like I, I see kind of like a behavioral pattern where it's like you pull the trigger on something and then you step back and you're like, okay, let's see what happens with it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so what, what goes on for you in that moment? Like you pull the trigger on something and then what do you experience and what do you want to experience differently? Well, so 
there's a side to me where I'm a mad scientist and I love that side. So what I mean by that is I always put the cart before the horse. I do things before fear kicks in. And that's, that's when I started the catalyst course, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. Uh, I, I sold tickets before I even know what I was going to teach. So I, I like that about myself because it gets me to move on things. Um, but once I do it, and I don't know if it's because I'm impatient or lazy or I'm, or I believe I'm the almost guy. I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of all three. I end up, um, not doing it thoroughly. I, I end up not pushing it through. I end up not, uh, you know, here's a, here's a really funny story. So when I was a kid, uh, I used to, you know, be into models, you know, 9, 10, 11. And we, I got the Dukes of Hazard car. And I remember um, it was, I was, I was so excited to put this thing together. And I, and I instantly, just a whole day, went to putting this little model together. And I got to the very end. And instead of learning how to put the axle together and, and, and gluing the wheels to the axle so it actually rolls, I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I don't know, I think I lost the instructions, whatever. So I finished the whole car except the wheels. And I en ended up gluing the wheels to the wheel well. Ah. So it was so it looked like a lowrider and uh, not on purpose, but it wouldn't roll. So it's like there's another example of taking something all the way to the end. And instead of being thorough and finishing it, I just, you know, glued that shit to the wheel well so the wheels looked like they're on, but they weren't. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm coming from the perspective of like, so I think you've been conditioned to think that that's a bad thing and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've always labeled that as bad. Why does that have to be bad? I mean, fucking A. Like, I, I you know, I mean, you're an, I are a great example of how this works in partnership. Like, you jump off a cliff, and I'm like, motherfucker, I can't believe you just did that. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll figure out how to fucking get down there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And, and guys, if you know, a lot of coaches listen to this. Um, so what Noel just did was really amazing because um, – in my head, I lay me labeling those things as bad or almost or whatever. And so she just flipped my world by saying, what if that's not bad? Because that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a question I never asked myself. I assume that it is bad and I start asking why it's bad, blah, blah, blah. But then when she says something like, what if that's not bad? It's like the end of the Sixth Sense movie. <laughs> like, oh yeah, my God, he's dead. I mean, like, how fucking great is it to yeah. be able to have had several examples in your life where you know you've come up with, like, the next goddamn big thing. And we all know that people who are truly successful have seven to ten major failures in life before they hit it right. Oh, yeah, it sounds like you just need the right team around you to execute your vision. Positive psychology, ladies and gentlemen, in action right now, mm -hmm. happening. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, and then it's a, it's a whole another thing to actually start to now lean into it and believe that that yeah. is not bad. But I think that you know what, Noel's, uh, you're 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 right. I think that's how you. So what she's doing, I think, is how you pull out the superpowers of people because I think people block themselves because they label and judge. Um, but if you're able to get your client to reframe or to you know, ask a lot of what ifs questions and to kind of flip things on its head, uh, and then they actually start to believe those things, then uh, you're using your force, uh, you know, to your advantage instead of fighting yourself. Yeah. And I mean, really, in all of this, whether you're pushing yourself outside of your box to make eye contact and smile at a stranger in a coffee shop, mm -hmm. or whether you're conceptualizing a new enterprise, the thing that's on the other side of inaction is fear. Yeah. And it's usually fear of failure or fear of rejection. 
those are the two choices, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think the deal is that like failure is a word that has gotten a really bad rap in society. I mean, if we're really flipping it around, fucking failure is data, period. Sure, sure. Like, failure is information. Yeah, it's information. And so we have this like word, like, you know, because society has just been set up to like put people down, right? So that they can be controlled. Like if you are labeled, you will be passive. And that was a natural evolution in society because, um, you know, you have all these humans running around. Humans are fuckers. Like we needed to do something about it. But now all these millennia later, there are a lot of rules and things that make us feel bad. And we don't have to be subject to them because we have evolved in consciousness. So, you know... Failure is data. And I think the more we take the big F power out of that word, the more powerful we become. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's so hard to do because I think so many people, uh, you know, we're, we're always the hardest on ourselves. And if something doesn't go right or we put effort into something or we invest in someone uh, and it doesn't go the way that we expect it to, we instantly stamp that with failure. Totally, yeah. totally, and it and it can keep us from doing things. So I have to I have yeah. to present I have to present at a board meeting in New York. Number one, I'm in San Francisco right now, so I have to fucking get to New York. And number two, I've never presented at a board meeting in my life. I have no idea what it's gonna look like. I have no idea what to wear. I have no idea what questions I'm going to be asked, and it could be fraught with judgment and fear and it about maybe two months ago I would have been a nut job about this entire experience but I've gotten to a point where I've gotten so comfortable with discomfort that I'm like ah if I blow this thing it's just one meeting and I get to walk away and try again and now I know what it looks like to be in a board meeting yeah and that's a great example of a growth mindset and I don't remember which episode, but we were talking about the, you know, the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, and Noel definitely has um, a growth mindset. So the Carol Dweck, uh, some, I think it was Stanford, but she did a study on um, what, what are the, uh, the main factors of, of, of uh, people who are successful, and it all came, ta- came down to having a growth mindset where, you know, where you're redefining uh, failures information and you're leaning into things that are you know obstacles and they actually become um, the way they become the process they become um, what stretches you makes you better stronger smarter yeah so but the tricky part is is how to get to a growth mindset how to adopt it because I yeah, did not exactly. always have one no, you know? no, and we don't. We're not like to automatically have a growth mindset when we, you know, born. They're not like uh, things that we we have to like uh, build one. No. Oh yeah, you have to build one, and the way you do it is through self-efficacy and having mastery experiences. So let me explain mm-hmm. those too. Yeah. So self self-efficacy is it's kind of like self-confidence, but it's a little bit different. It self-confidence, I think, is more just like you know. I, I, I am great. I like myself. Self-efficacy is the knowledge that if you don't know how to do something or you don't have the resources that you need, eventually you'll be able to figure it out. Mm. And mastery experiences can be very little and very big. They're tiny examples of proving to yourself that you're capable of figuring things out. 
So by experience, you're saying, um, I mean, not, not stuff in your head, you're saying um, set yourself up for experience, like real life, actual experiences that you put yourself through or what you learn from. Yeah. And, and I really like emotional interval training. That's what I do with my clients. So emotional interval training comes from Albert Ellis. And if you push yourself out of your comfort zone for brief periods of time, and then you pull yourself back in and, and here's a really important part that we don't talk a lot about. When you push yourself out of your comfort zone and pull yourself back in, you then need to build in time for self care. Mm. Because it takes a lot out of you mentally, physically, and emotionally to push yourself out of your comfort zone, pull back in, self-care, and then do it again. You think a lot of people uh, forget the self-care part? I know I did. Yeah. And that was the biggest learning experience for me in all of this jumble was, was, being, was not understanding why I was so exhausted and emotionally depleted and mistaking that for my capacity to not perform. I, I took my exhaustion mm. as a signal that this was too hard for me. And no, it's just hard. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's hard as it's hard, but your exhaustion is, uh, is, is a separate piece. You're, you're tired. You're human. <laughs> you run out yeah. of fuel. Yeah. Totally. And, but I have to say, as time has gone on, I've been getting less and less exhausted by the things I'm now used to. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you're, I mean, it's just, uh, endurance. I mean, it's building, yep. it's like, it's yeah. like fitness. Yeah, totally. And, and, and we don't think of everyday life in that way too. You know, like let's say your boundary setting with a family member, um, going through that initial step of setting that boundary and saying like, no, I don't want you to talk to me this way anymore. That can be really exhausting. Mm -hmm. And then doing it consistently is really exhausting. And then you get used to it. <laughs> and yeah. So it's just the trick is to keep going no matter what. Absolutely. Um, just going back to false beliefs, I have some notes here I wanted to get through. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I use this technique a lot with clients. Um, and so I wanted to give you guys uh, just some steps that I use and you guys could either uh, take them or not. But um, the first step is to listen for the false beliefs. So when you're talking to a client, they'll say something and it's just to kind of, um, you know, maybe they'll mumble it under their breath. Maybe they'll say something. You got to talk about relationships or something. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't deserve him. And they'll say it casually. They'll say it um, without announcing it. And if you could catch that. Um, so when, when someone says, I don't deserve him, that is a false belief, right? And then when you kind of follow that string and you start talking about it, processing it, you'll, you'll, you'll see that it comes from a, a, a core belief, which may be something like, I'm not worthy. So being um, just aware of someone's false belief and um, knowing where it comes from would kind of be step one. And then step two would be dissolving and redefining, you know, and this is the process. This is uh, the, the difficult piece. And there's so many different ways that I think we can, you know, play around, dissolve. Uh, one way is to reframe, um, uh, you know, what Noel was just doing is kind of like flipping something on its head and, and seeing a different perspective on that. Like when she was talking about, uh, well, what if you're not the almost guy? What if uh, you're almost is actually what makes you um, different and unique? So, you know, quote unquote, almost. So stuff like that uh, can start dissolving false beliefs. But the most important, I think the most powerful way to dissolve false belief, and this is what Noelle was just talking about, is setting yourself up for a new experience. Because experience, there's nothing more convincing than experience. You could, you know, for example, you could think about, say, um, you could think about 
I don't know, if you've never had sex and you're thinking about it as a teenager, you could think about it and you could, you know, watch it and read about it and all that, but it, it, it's, it, it's only in your head until you actually go through the experience and it may be a completely different experience. And usually the first time is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I think sex is a great example and I think it's important to talk about um, the way our mind builds up experience you know, and then the reality of it, you know, it's like, I, I think vacations are a great example. Yeah. I think when people are like, oh, you know, I'm about to go on vacation and they have it in their head that it's going to be like this really blissful, beautiful opportunity. But in reality, you know, hotel rooms are hotel rooms are hotel rooms. You get there and you're like, oh, this is nice. And yeah. you're just you and you're just in a different spot. But then your memory of that vacation softens it and it becomes that wonderful experience. So, you know, really grounding in reality and accepting that day in and day out, you have to alter your mind to accept what beautiful, dark, imperfect reality is versus, you know, the postcard. Yeah, and you know what? We also do that in relationships. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, especially in relationships, you know? Um, trying to match either your partner or the relationship with the, you know, the postcard that you have in your head. Yep, 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 yep. And a lot of times you don't look at, like, what your needs actually are, and you're just trying to, you know, get that postcard. And you're, like, the experience sucks, right? But you're just like, but I like the way this person looks with the man bun and the backpack, (laughs) you know? (laughs) That's really interesting. So then you're just, you're more obsessed with the poster than the the actual experience of the relationship. So then people start becoming two-dimensional. Totally. And, totally. you know, I got to say, you know, things like social media and filters and Instagram and all this is only contributing and um, making us want that poster more instead of wanting to see people for people and lean more into experiences, I think. You know what happened to me this week? My mind was blown. Mm. I was I was wandering around. I was looking for a street musician, and I finally found a horn player in Union Square. Mm-hmm. And I sat down in front of this sculpture of a heart to listen to the horn player on Sunday night. And it was beautiful. I was like really lost in my thoughts and the moment. And a couple came over to me and they asked me to move so that they could take a picture in front of the heart statue. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. I was just like, oh my God, like, wow. Yeah, I'm experiencing something, leave me alone. I was like, guys, like, the really? Like, this is a huge park. But I, I was nice about it. But it was just so symbolic. I was like, you know, you're missing it. <laughs> like, you're missing this night right now, focusing yeah. on getting the picture. Like, dude. <laughs> Man, I got to say, I was thinking about this the other day. This is kind of off topic. But we've ne- never in the history of just mankind uh, – taken so many photographs of ourselves ever ever i mean before this digital age you know and back in the polaroid days no one like took a camera and and pointed at their face like i've never seen anyone growing up like you take pictures of other people and family stuff but you never take a camera and point it to your face and take photos ever like that's never happened you know and i know we do now it's a consistent theme on our podcast but i think it's such an important one because i think we're what we're witnessing in this age is the commodification of the self yeah. You know, yeah. and we're creating this alternative currency of like likes and, you know, followers and whatever. And I'm right. watching it go down just like, oh, guys, this isn't healthy. Like, this isn't no, going to end because well. It's, it's tied. It's tied to us. It's tied to our worth. It's tied to if we matter. Ego. It's ego. tied to ego. Well, ego, too. Yeah, of course. 
it's tied to ego and you know it's um i was it's i was listening to this really interesting talk on npr about how um followers and likes doesn't actually translate into the real world skill sets that people need in order to get along with other humans mm -hmm. and survive and that like we're shutting down that connective teamwork and capacity to be in ourselves because we're turning so inward um freaked me right out yeah as we end i want to share a couple thoughts i want to um man that 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 30 minutes goes by so fast when i'm talking to know to you noel and which is great that's a good sign right yeah um be aware of your false beliefs, guys, uh, or if you're helping clients, uh, even if it's peripherally, be aware of their false beliefs, uh, make them realize, you know, what they are, where they're coming from, and then try to uh, come up together with new experiences that can shift their thinking. And, and as I was um, thinking about ending this, Noel, I thought, oh, um, this was supposed to be about false beliefs, and we kind of went everywhere, and so so maybe it's a, a an almost episode, but you know what, fuck that. It was meant to be what it was meant to be, and I love that you and I bird walk and we talk about all sorts of shit. Yeah. And that's, yeah. What, that's what makes this episode unique instead of me trying to put it in a box and it should go a certain way. Totally. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will, <laughs> I'll see you in a couple hours online, and I'll see you in a couple weeks in person. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Noel. Be well. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast presented by Shift. If you'd like to learn more about what you've heard on today's show, head to shift.us. That's S-H-F-T dot U-S for more information. Feel free to rate us, review us, and tell a friend. 